I, uh, I'd like you to turn to the book of Psalms with me, chapter 3. And you know, I, I've had this message a couple of weeks, and I think it's something that will, will help you, will bless you, and minister to you. But honestly, I think I'm going to be preaching to me today, and I just invite you to join along. Uh, I don't think anybody can, can doubt that the enemy has been fighting our people lately. Uh, everybody here can, can attest to the way things have happened in the last month or so where the enemy is, just seems to pull out all the stops. And he seems to be coming with everything he's got. And I want, to, I want God to help me to, to give you some answers <laughs> to, to help you with this. Psalm chapter 3, verse 1. Are you there? Amen. Yes. So it says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of mine head, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, and thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord, thy blessing is upon thy people, Selah. Father, we just ask your direction today, ask your spirit to, to do a work that I'm not capable of doing. Lord, I pray God that you will anoint the message that will speak and do for us today what it needs to, for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll forgive me for just a moment. I'm going to get this very old wall. Bottle of water. It's been in there about a year and a half. So if I fall down dead, you will know what happened. That's right. Raise me from the dead. Boy. This has been a, a burden on my heart uh, for a couple of weeks because I just see it. I, as a pastor, I hear it all the time. Continually, people are coming to me lately, especially, and it's just like, Pastor, this... This is happening, and this is happening, and the family's doing this, and you know, the car's down, the job's doing, everything is just seeming to, to, to be jabbing our people from one direction after another, and, and I've been just praying and studying, and, and I heard a great message by Franklin Jensen on the subject, and it was, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to borrow some of his stuff, because it was really good, because it blessed me, it helped me, but you know, you got to understand that the enemy that we are fighting knows what he's doing. He's been doing this for a while. And if anybody's ever studied boxing or if you've ever done boxing, you don't go into the boxing ring planning to knock the guy out in the first 10 seconds. I mean, that'd be a nice start. But what do they, what's he do? He jabs. He jabs. He, he's jabbing. He's waiting for an opening and jabbing and popping another quick jab. It's not going to knock you out. It's going to sting you. It's going to hurt. It's going to sting. It's going to distract you. It's going to, it's going to start causing you to, and it starts to accumulate one after another. Bam, 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 bam. 
And I think of Job in that day that he was dealing with, it was one thing after another, after another, after another, as if one thing wasn't enough. All of a sudden, there was another messenger giving him another horrible report. And then another messenger giving a horrible report, one after another, after another. And sometimes you start to feel like your world is closing in around you. And you're like, my God, how am I going to get out of this? And a lot of times when, when these spiritual attacks take place, it's not even big things. It's little things that start to stack up and start to weigh you down and get heavier and heavier. And if you, if you took a breath and stepped back, you would say, well, none of this is really big. It's just so much of it. It's so much taking place. And the hardest thing is to recognize that you're under spiritual attack. That seems to be the last thing that comes to your mind when you're in the middle of it. Kind of like, you know, like especially the us male creatures. You know, when one of those signs hits our body, you know, the tightness in the chest, the, the pain in the arm, things like this, and, and the wife is saying, hey, I want to get you to the hospital. That, that sounds like a heart attack. She's like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. No, no probably something I ate. You know, <laughs> and those signs are right there, and they're and they're trying to tell you something, and you're saying, "Nah, I'm good. I'm I'm fine. I'm I can handle this." And all of a sudden, that heart attack takes you down, you know, and it, and that's what spiritual attack will do. Those little things start to stack up, and they start to come against you, and they start to get heavier and heavier and heavier, and you're saying, "No, I'm good. I got this. I'm good. I'm okay." But you're not okay. Because the weight starts to get you down and it starts to so just tear everything apart. It brings despair into your mind and into your heart. You're just like there's no answer. We have to understand that we there's targeted attacks and there's non-targeted attacks. If, if the world was perfect and everything was good and the devil didn't exist and sin didn't ever happen, you know, you'd get up in the morning, everything would be great. Man, this is awesome. The day goes wonderful. Uh, you know, the car always runs. Say we wouldn't have cars, we'd be flying around. On, on, I don't know what we'd be doing. I have no idea. I'm just telling you that if it wasn't for sin and the devil and all that stuff, things would be great every day. Everything would just be wonderful. But we do have a body that's getting older. We do have pains and aches, and, and we do have things breaking down. And those things aren't necessarily targeted spiritual attacks. It's called life. <laughs> it's called living on this earth. That's what you go through as a result of sin. But there's also targeted spiritual attacks when the devil looks at you and says, you're mine. I'm coming after you. They're, and those are very real. Believe me, they're real. Usually, I believe they come right before something big is about to happen in your life. Something God is going to do or right after a great victory. You know, you ever get on, man, everything is on top. Of, oh, this is wonderful. God has blessed me. I'm on the mountaintop. This is awesome. And the devil says, yeah, but wait till next week. <laughs> next week I'm going to kick that rug right out from under you and that's what so often happens and we struggle with understanding why in the world everything was so good and now all of a sudden everything is so bad and I believe that oftentimes it's a targeted spiritual attack where the devil is coming against you as a uh, you know, kind of. I didn't even act, actually talk to this pastor directly. It came through another pastor, a mutual friend of ours. He was. He also pastors up here in this area, and he said the same thing is happening in his church. It's, it's like, 
Everybody's getting nailed. It's just one after another, after another, after another. It's like the devil is fighting this little tiny Ion Valley area up here for some strange reason. I don't know. God must be planning something great is all I can figure. God is about to do something. We have to realize that the devil works very predictably. What does he do? According to John 10.10, he kills, he steals, and he destroys. That's the only thing the devil does. That is his purpose for existence. His very passion of his life is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he's going to do. So everything that you deal with is going to fall into that category, and a lot of times they overlap. You know, those things come out. And, and, and so he's working to try to take your joy, take your victory, take your life, take your spiritual anything he can take, anything he can destroy, anything he can do to bring you down. So how do you know when you're under spiritual attack? Well, everything's going wrong. Well, that's kind of a broad sense. Everything is just going to pieces. Some, yeah, that, that can be an indicator of it. But you know what happens when we get under spiritual attack? We start to look, we need to look at the symptoms. What are the symptoms? And I believe the greatest symptom that you're going to see when you're under direct spiritual attack is a loss of passion. You know those times when you, whether you're a pastor or teacher, Sunday school teacher, I don't care, musician, singer, whatever you do for God, whatever your ministry is. And you know those times when you're like, well, boy, I can't wait to do it. This is awesome. God filled me and I am ready to take it and do it. And then there's those times when you just like, do I have to do it again? I don't, I just don't really want to do this anymore. This is not fun anymore. Bank on it, you're under spiritual attack. The devil wants to take your passion away from you. He wants to take the joy away from the ministry that God has given you to do. What you have to do no longer is joyful in your life. He takes that passion from you. He takes the desire to do the things of God away. And usually the result of that is a lot. The, one of the first things that happens is you quit desiring to be around God's people. That's one of the very first things. And that's an argument that goes on. Well, I can be saved and not go to church. I'm not even going to argue that point. God's people have paid too great of a price down through the years, down through the, the millennia to claim that church is not important. It's vitally important. Why? Well, I don't get anything from it. Well, good. Then you need to come and give. How's that sound? Amen. <laughs> Wonderful. We're always worried about what I can get from church. Well, quit worrying about what you get and start coming to give. Amen. Start being a minister instead of wanting to be ministered to. Start being a blessing instead of always looking for a blessing. That's what church is all about. Everybody comes with the desire to, 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 to be a blessing, to be a giver in church, saying to be turn around. Sometimes people think that my job is to entertain you. My job is not to entertain you. My job is to give you life in this word of God that is life, to impart that onto you. The devil will take that desire from you. Church will quit being important. Church will quit being the, uh, a, 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 I don't know, a necessity in your week. Now listen, there's people that miss church because of work or situations that are beyond their control. When you're missing church for other reasons, it's not because of, you know, well, the dog's sick or I stubbed my toe. or It's because you don't want to be here. That's it. No, the main reason people miss church is because they don't want to be there. 
You can't get around that. And that is, I believe, very much a result of spiritual attack. And once you get used to doing it, it becomes comfortable. Yep. You know, my wife and I have been faithful to church for our 32 years of marriage. She drugged me kicking a... No. Uh, <laughs> we've been faithful for 32 years. I guarantee if we got to comfortable, we laid out for, say, two or three weeks, we did it again, maybe in another month, oh, pretty soon it becomes natural to not be faithful. There's too many people claiming Christianity who find it natural to not be faithful. So is this just a sermon about getting me in church and so you get the numbers up? I don't care about the numbers. I've told you that ever since I've been here. Whatever God brings, He brings. I'm talking about for your benefit. God said, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as a matter of some is. What does He go out and say? Even more as you see the day approaching. He's trying to tell us in this ugly, nasty, sinful, vile day that we live in, you need one another. You need to come to this house together and minister one to another. Amen. That is vitally important. But when you're under spiritual attack, the devil will take that desire away from you. It won't feel so good anymore. That, that passion often results in just a fatigue. When you're under spiritual attack, you get tired. Mm -hmm. You just get worn down. You're weighted down. Believe me, there is a power in the spiritual realm. There is a power. My friend invited us over for tacos to his girlfriend's parents' house one time, who are radical, anti-God, liberal, hate America, hate God, hate anything of moral value whatsoever. Well, we went and we ate their tacos. <laughs> they were spirit-filled tacos by the time we got done praying for them. But you know what? After a couple hours, we sat there and played a couple games, and we left, and Deb and I were driving along. I was like, I am absolutely exhausted. I am so tired. When you get around that kind of a thing, it'll wear, it'll sap the life out of you. It exhausts you to the point that you just never dreamed it would happen. You think, we didn't do anything. We ate, we played a game. But there was spiritual battle going on all around us every second of it. God's spirit, our spirit, their spirit, the devil's spirit, all in clash going on in that house. And it's exhausting. Yeah, back to that punch. It's like the devil's just bop, 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 bop on it. I'm telling you, we look at things so carnally, so spirit, so lacking the spiritual perspective on it. There's a battle going around, all around us, all the time. And that fight is continually taking place, and the devil wants to wear you down. And the pain sometimes that he creates in your body. You know, I went down a couple weeks ago and got a shot in my knee. And I told Deb the next day I was bouncing around the, the yard. And I was like, whoa, I just feel so good. It's so wonderful to walk without being in pain all the time. That's exhausting. It wears you down. Whether that's a spiritual thing or a physical thing, it wears you down. And that's, what, that's a tactic of the devil. He brings that fatigue to the point where you just don't know what to do and sometimes it's just a lack attack is what franklin jensen called it i love that he said the devil will bring us a lack attack where all of a sudden everything goes away 
the car breaks down, your job goes to pieces, you know, the house catches on fire, you know, everything. Your, your husband gets a hold of the credit card and goes to a, a, a sale, you know, things go to pieces. He drives by Harbor Freight and all of a sudden you're broke. But by golly, you can fix everything in the house. <laughs> you got, you know, it's a lack attack. It's a thing where, where everything just seems to go away. It's like we were so secure. Everything was so good. And all of a sudden, everything's in the air. We don't even know how we're going to get through, how we're going to make it. And, and that's a spiritual attack. The enemy brings that upon you. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get you to that point of despair again. When you say it's just not worth it, where I just can't do this anymore, I don't want to do it anymore, it's no fun, I just forget it. Just let me go turn on a Star Trek rerun and sit in my chair and relax because I don't want to do this thing anymore. The devil wants to get you in that, to that point. He wants to get you to the point where you give up, where you quit and just forget it. Another, another indicator of spiritual attack is your prayer life goes away. You quit praying. I'll tell you something. You are never stronger than your prayer life spiritually. You can't do it. That's why I beg you to come pray here. Beg you, please come pray. Sunday morning, 9.15. This is a commercial. Sunday morning, 9.15. 6 o'clock Wednesday night. Come and pray. This church will never be as strong as its prayer. Your life will never be as strong as any stronger than your prayer. That's, a, that's as far as it can go. And when the devil can sap that prayer life from you, he will take your victory and joy and peace from you. Because that's a time, it's a spiritual, prayer is a spiritual thing. You don't believe it? Decide. Nine o'clock tomorrow, I'm going to get up and I'm going to spend 30 minutes in prayer. I guarantee you, the phone will ring, the dog will throw up on the, on the couch, you know, the kids will show up. The ceiling will fall in. Something's going to happen at 9 o'clock. I'll guarantee you. Because it is a spiritual thing. The devil doesn't want you praying. That's why when you're under spiritual attack, prayer will just, you just won't want to do it. You just won't want to do it. You'll say, you know, what's the point? I don't even, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. Might as well forget it. Might as well just walk away from it. See, that's a sign of a spiritual attack. The last thing the devil wants you doing is praying because that's a communion with God where you and God are getting together. I heard Loran Livingston say one time something just blessed me. He said, you know, we get so worried because when we go to pray, we sometimes doze or we'll, all of a sudden our mind is 100 miles away and we think, oh man, I'm just... God must be so upset at me because I didn't, I wasn't concentrating the whole time on praying. He said, don't worry about that. He said, get down, pray in your chair, wherever you're going to pray, however you're going to pray, and just pray. And if you find yourself, your mind wandering somewhere, that's fine. Just pull it back and start praying again. Amen. God knows we're human. He's not sitting there saying, hey, why are you thinking about the Seahawks? You know? <laughs> He's not keeping that kind of score. He wants his child to commune with him. And when we get down there with the intention that I'm going to pray and talk and seek God, he's hearing that. And when your, your mind and your heart wanders a little bit, he's probably just sitting there saying, he'll be back in a minute. <laughs> he'll be back in a minute. It's okay. We over-spiritualize everything. You know, let me tell you something. Yesterday, I'm sitting down there in my son's house and that little two-week-old on my chest. 
you know, there wasn't a whole lot of huge expectations in me. She, you know, I was teasing my son. I said, you haven't even got her doing chores yet. She's not doing dishes. She's just, I mean, she just kind of lays here. He said, I know. What's the lazy kid? You know, God knows exactly where you are in your spiritual life. And he knows, he knows that you are imperfect. He knows you're going to fail. He knows you're going to mess up. He knows you're going to sin. It doesn't blow God's mind when you sin. He expects that. I'm not justifying it. I'm saying God expects that. He's, you know, when you, when you had your children, I hope you didn't think, wow, that little, that little one will never lie, never disobey, never going to do anything wrong, won't destroy things and then lie about it, won't ever do that. This is going to be a perfect little kid. I hope you didn't deceive yourself that way. God certainly didn't when he birthed you. He knew where you were going to be. Doesn't justify what you did. He will discipline you for those things. It's still wrong. It's still sin. But God doesn't. He's not shocked when we fail. He's not blown away when we mess up. Another thing that he'll and I've touched on this, but Proverbs thirteen twelve says, "Hope deferred makes the heart sick." He will just give it. This spiritual attack will just bring an overwhelming feeling where you just you just feel like you're you're overwhelmed. It's helpless. You're, there's too much. You can't take it. You know, there's just too much being laid upon you. Have you ever been there? When you just think, I can't take one more thing. This is more than I can handle. I just can't. Not one more. I can't handle it. And then the kids come home. <laughs> and they go, oh, yeah. Don't ever say you can't take one more thing. They'll, they'll be there. I mean, that's what spiritual attack does. Again, that's that jab thing. That's what the devil's doing. He's jabbing, 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 jabbing. You know what he's waiting for? He's waiting for you to jab, to jab enough time, take enough hits, enough sting, enough distraction to where he can finally land a knockout blow. He can't do it until he gets you to the point where you're worn down and you're distracted, you're in pain, and you feel like you're overwhelmed. You can't do anything. I remember when I was a teenager, we met at Colville Park, and we were going to be big and bad and tough and box, and there was a kid a lot bigger than me, but I was going to take him and... He hit me so many times. I, <laughs> I, I would swing it. It was like, pat, 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 pat. And then I would <laughs> try to swing again. All, all I knew was that, pat, 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 pat. <laughs> And it would just over, overwhelm you. You know, you're like, pretty soon you're just desperately swinging. Just, you know, please hit him. <laughs> you know, we get that way in our spiritual life. Where the devil's jabbed us so many times that we're just desperately saying, oh God, I'm just trying to make it one more day. That's what that spiritual attack will do. He'll jab us to the point where we just are losing. We can't take it anymore. It's overwhelming us. Another thing that's an indication of a spiritual attack is when those old lifestyles that you thought were defeated and you thought you had victory over all of a sudden come back. Those old sins, those old things that were so, you know, you, one day you testified in church and you said, praise God, I used to do whatever, and now I'm free of that. Praise the Lord, by the hand of God, I'm free. But now all of a sudden that thing comes back again. And it start, tries to get its way in again. That's a sign of a spiritual attack. You know why? Because that's a weakness point in you. And the devil's trying to take care of that weakness point. He's going to go where you're weak. Again, back to boxing. He sees a little bleed, bleeding going on over here. Where's he going to aim? <laughs> right there. That's where he's going to... If he popped you in the ribs and he sees you do this, he's like, ah, I know where to aim now. 
And that's what the devil's doing. He's looking for that weak point and he's going to continue to jab you in that weak point and hit you and wear you down. Those things will come back on you. Another thing that'll happen in a, under spiritual attack is you'll pull away uh, from good, godly relationships. Godly people. All of a sudden, the carnal-minded friends are more comfortable than the spiritually-minded friends. All of a sudden, it just, you know, oh, Joe Blow down there at the bar, he understands me way better than John at the church. You know, he's way more fun. Those things will start to feel more comfortable because we're weakened spiritually. We're under spiritual attack. The devil wants us to get back in those associations. Associations will kill you. I tell you, the wrong ones will destroy you. God did that to me without me even knowing. Because, you know, when I was a teenager, my grandma would drag me off to Dwayne Friend concerts. Anybody remember him? Remember Dwayne Friend? Anyone? No? Wow. She would drag me. Every time Billy Graham was on, she sat me right in front of that TV and I had to watch Billy Graham. I got saved 4,000 times as a kid. I am telling you, it happened every other day I was getting saved. And then I left the house and I went right back with the same people I hung out with before and it didn't last very long. And that happened over and over and over again until I joined the military and God stuck me in Colorado Springs and I didn't know anybody. And I ended up going to church and the only people I knew became church people. And that's when I found myself finally starting to get strong in the Lord and, and grow in the Lord and have roots that, that were dug in because I got rid of the old friends. The devil wants you to get back with those old friends because those old friends are a powerful tool to get you right back to where you were. That's where he wants you. The devil wants you right back to where you were. Take that victory. Take that joy. Take that peace. Take that commitment to God. Take that relationship that you have with God. And I, you know, folks, it's hard, especially if you live in a small area to all of a sudden say, you know, I just, I can't hang out with that one anymore. I can't be with that one anymore because whenever I'm with that one, all of a sudden I'm not serving my God. That's a hard thing to do. I'm not saying to hate him. I'm not saying to, to shut him out. And I'm saying take your time to be with the right people, spiritually minded people, spirit filled people, God people. Find those people and hang with. Amen. So how do you deal with this? How do you live with his. Well, Revelation makes it real simple. Revelation 12, 11 says you overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. There you go. You just say I'm saved by the blood of the lamb and I'm going to tell people about it and I'm good for now on. Wouldn't it be nice if it was that simple? <laughs> and I'm not telling you that scripture isn't giving you the answer. He is giving you the answer. Very clearly. Number one, he's trying to tell us that it's spiritual, the blood of the lamb. Number two, the word of the testimony is a physical thing, if you want to call it that, or a, a, a real-life flesh-and-blood thing. So this, is a, this tells me that there's a God part of it, and then there's a human part of it that work together to bring you victory. Amen. It's by the blood of the Lamb. You can't defeat the devil without the blood of the Lamb. You can try, you can try, you can try. You can work and labor and try to... Anybody ever just try to live sinless? How would that work out for you? 
I mean, you know, the only way you're going to overcome anything that is attacking your life or, or holding your life or, or, or distracting you away from God is by the blood of the Lamb. It takes a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I guarantee you that if you've been married a long time, there were days where you just didn't feel like on fire in love. Well, my wife and I did. But anyone else? <laughs> anyone else? There were just days that you thought, you know, I really wish you would go outside and work a while. Isn't there something you can do out there? And he was like, don't you have an appointment at the beauty shop or something? You know, There's just times in your, in your life, in your relationship, that just aren't as fired up as at other times. But that doesn't mean you don't love them. And, and there's times in your spiritual life where you're just so on fire for God, you can just breathe the Word of God. Other times it's not quite that solid, but that doesn't mean you don't love God. That does not mean that you're not in love with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe it's a time of spiritual attack. It's a time when the devil is trying to drag you down. First of all, you must remember who bought you. You can never, ever overcome by the blood of the Lamb without realizing that it was the blood of the Lamb that bought you. He purchased you. He paid for you. He owns you. You are His. Your life is no longer your own. You're His. That's the first thing you've got to do is realize that there's no other way of gaining that victory except by that relationship with God. And so when you want to go talk to your girlfriends about how stupid your husband's been, and you want to go find your, your buddies and talk about that crazy lady you married, you need to get away from that and go and talk to God. Amen. Until God puts things back together where they're supposed to be. Jim, you should be talking to Brandy now. That was bad. <laughs> I think he leaned over and said he's talking about you. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I said I don't think you're crazy. Oh, there you go. Nice save. <laughs> you know, those times, the only thing you can do is say, I'm going to have time with God. I've got to have some time with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Things are not going well right now, and I keep getting jabbed, and I keep getting overwhelmed, and I can't handle this thing. So me and God are going to have a one-on-one. -on -one. We're going to go. I'm going to go up into the woods, or I'm going to go out in my closet, or I'm going to go out to my barn, or I don't care where you go, and you say that God and I are going to have time together. I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to do anything but have time of communion with God. And you know what? The devil will fight that in every way. Like I said, anything will happen. Anything. That phone will immediately ring when it's time for you and God to get together. Turn it off. Shut it down. Get away from it. If somebody shows up at your house, tell them, you're going to have to relax a couple hours because God and I are getting together. And I don't know why you showed up right now, but go get you a cup of coffee. I'll be back. <laughs> The only way you're going to have victory over that is you and God get together. You've got to do it. And that's the last thing that your flesh is going to want you to do. Have you ever noticed that when you're under any kind of attack, I mean, you, if your marriage is on the rocks, the last thing you want to do is talk to a counselor, especially if they happen, you happen to be male. <laughs> they don't like it. If things are going wrong, you just don't want to do the things you need to do to take care of it. 
When you're battling a spiritual battle, the last thing you're going to want to do is stop and get in contact and communion with God. That flesh will fight it every way it can fight it. It will scream at you. It will yell at you. It will demand you do other things. And everything in the world will distract you. Folks, don't let it happen. You will defeat him by the blood of the Lamb. And the only way you defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb is that you and the Lamb get together. It has to happen. Do not forsake that time of prayer. Praying until you break through. You remember the old saying when they used to say, uh, pray through? You know, I, we, we prayed through. Used to be about three or four hours. Now it's about five minutes. <laughs> People pray through. It's kind of changed over the years. <laughs> you know, pray until you pray through. Well, how do you know when you pray through? You'll know when you pray through. Amen. You pray until you break through the barriers. Until you touch God. Until your hand gets a hold of the, of the horns of the altar and you refuse to let go. Until the Spirit of God tells you what He needs to tell you. Don't forsake. Don't ever forsake for fellowshipping with the, the saints. That is a power source for you. That's plugging you in, folks. And the devil will I tell you he'll raise up a hundred million reasons not go to church on Sunday. He will do it. The devil will be so quick and so good about it. You gotta, it's got to be a habit in your life. You don't get up on Monday morning and say, well, you know, I don't really feel like going to work today. You know, Mom showed up, and so I should really spend the day with her. See how that works with the boss. <laughs> how well that's going to work out for you. You know, you go. Because you have to go. Church, you shouldn't have to go. It should be a desire of the heart to be with God's people. Amen. It should be a passion of your heart to be with God's people. Let me tell you something. I believe. This is me. This is me. I can't show your scripture tell you that. I believe that when you come to church, sometimes you have the only word or the only hug that's going to touch a certain person in that church. I believe that. I believe that if somebody's going through something and they come to church and they have that big grin, like nothing's going on, there's no problem in their life, everything's done great, and the whole time their mind is working about how this thing is overwhelming them and killing them, sometimes they need you and nobody else. To walk up to them and say, I love you, and give them a hug and say, man, it's good to see you today. And that's all it'll take is just that one person, that right person to do it. God sends us together, not so we can, you know, pay tithes. That's not the reason. He brings us together to strengthen one another, to feed one another, to love one another. It is a time of communion. Anybody ever get an Amway? God help you. You know what they do? They have you go to meetings. They had to go to meetings and conventions. And Why? Because that keeps you strong. Keeps you focused on what you're supposed to do. Sell more soap. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. I speak from experience. I made that mistake. <laughs> they learn the power of church, really. That's what we do. We come together because it keeps us strong. Keeps us focused. Yeah. And do not forget the power of partnership. You've got to be around God's people who will give you wise counsel. Amen. I remember my brother-in-law and sister-in-law used to drive me nuts because they were both supposed to be Christians, but they didn't like each other much. And we kept trying and trying and trying to counsel them on their marriage. But she would always go find her friends who would agree with her about how bad he was. You talk about rip your marriage apart, just do that. Go find friends that want to tell you how bad your spouse is. 
Oh yeah, boy, she shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> boy, I tell you what, I, I, I wouldn't put up with that junk at all. And it'll destroy your marriage. You hang out with people that talk down the things of God and talk uh, negative about the things of God and put down church and church people and all those things, it will tear you down. Like these people that I've heard down through the years, I've known some personally who decided they were going to go win people in the bar. So they went right in there and started winning people in the bar. It wasn't long and they were in the bar doing the same thing the other people were doing. God doesn't tell us to go do what they're doing. It tells us to be with God's people and then spread the gospel to a lost and dying world. Amen. That power comes through that partnership. You need somebody some, sometimes to wrap their arm around you and say, hey, you need to knock that off. You need somebody who loves you enough to say, hey, what you're doing right now should not happen. You need somebody to kick you right in the seat sometimes when you need it. God's people who are full of wise counsel. You ever have one of those saints that you could just go to and they just impart wisdom to you? You're just like, oh, thank you. Thank you. I go to Jim and Ellen. That's where I go. I go to their house I did last week. Hey, any advice? You know, I go talk to them and they give me great advice. You've got to have that, that partnership, that relationship that will build you up and not tear you down. You can defeat spiritual attacks through the blood of the Lamb. But let me tell you something. They don't go away right away. <laughs> you don't just get up one day and say, you know, I believe I'm un under spiritual attack, so there, I'm going to pray a little while, and oh, everything's going to be wonderful. No, God's going to prepare you to go through the spiritual attack. I know you want me to shut up. I'm trying. <laughs> I am. God's not going to just make the spiritual attack go away and say, oh, everything's wonderful now. Praise God, I'm on the top of the world. Hallelujah! You know what he's going to do? He's going to prepare you to go through the spiritual attack and come out victorious on the other side. Amen. Oh, we want the attacks to go away. We want them to go away. God says, I'm going to put you right on through it because you need it. You need it because I am doing something in you through this spiritual attack. I'm allowing the devil to attack. Isn't that what he did with Job? Yeah, go ahead. Don't kill him. You know, when God says, go do what you want to, but just don't kill him, you're probably going to want to be dead. <laughs> you would probably prefer that he just take you out. But God will give you what you need to get through that attack. You, it won't go away right away. It will go away eventually. But the difference is you will either go through that attack in defeat or you'll go through that attack in victory by the power and the blood of the Lamb. Father, thank you for your people. I know that they have been fighting lately. I hear it every day. I hear every day the way that the people have, have been facing one thing after another, after another, after another. God, thank you. Thank you for the trials because they make us strong. Those trials are what mold us and make us. Thank you for those. I pray for everyone here. In Jesus' name, I pray for every single one here. I pray, God, that, that no matter what the devil brings against them, they will seek first the kingdom of God. That, Lord, no matter whether they feel like it or not, they will do what they need to do to get through and weather the spiritual attack. And that is, God, they have to have communion with you. I pray, God, for these people. I pray, Lord, against the distractions 
against the pain, against the jabs that the devil gives. I pray, Father, that the Spirit of God will give peace where the devil has brought discontent. I pray, Lord, for victory where the devil has brought defeat. I pray, Lord, that you will bring together God's people when the devil would try so hard to tear them apart. Lord, you are so faithful to us. Yes. And I pray, God, for these people. 